0: Well, I want to, again, uh, thank those of you that were uh, part of the, uh, the run and walk for water today and those of you that helped and participated. It was a really, really good thing. And, um, you know, what's so funny about this, this, this event, I mean, it's a good thing that we can do and, and, and kind of a unique thing happened. Um, we wanted to have water for the participants. You, you know, it's kind of a funny story. We want to have water for the participants. Those of you that have, you know, walked the three and three-quarter miles and, and come back in, we need to make sure we had water for you and so we ordered it. You know, we ordered water. Believe it or not, how ironic this is. We ordered water, and it didn't arrive. It didn't show up. UPS or FedEx or something. They they didn't. And so the big panic around the office the other day was, "What are we going to do about water? What are we going to do about water? You know, what are we going to do about getting water here for the people that are walking for water?" And we just thought about how silly it is, isn't it? You know, so we did a Costco run. We drove over to Costco and brought bottles of water back to make sure everybody had water. And what's so funny is the struggle and the hassle we had, and the frustration of not getting water. In for this is something that people go through, what every single day. You know, every single day it's about it's about water, and so it's good for us to have a little bit of a, a weird Western taste of of what the whole thing is all about. And afterwards, you know, we're done, so we go home and we we don't think about getting a shower, or a big drink of water, and all of that. And that's and that's just kind of the, the difference. And so t- t- tonight, I want to spend a few minutes talking about getting our eyes off ourselves and, and beginning to look at. At others, And it's a good weekend for that, um, particularly as we're talking about kind of the whole new wave thing, and we're going to be talking about um, how we can give o- other people, but particularly in regards to the whole giving water to other kids. And, and, and we want to do this because it's important to get our eyes off ourselves. Jesus said this, and we're going to quote this a couple more times. He said, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, he's talking to God the Father, I give them a mission in the world. Same way, God, you gave me a mission here, I'm going to give them a mission as well, and that's what i want to talk about for a few minutes. Can we pray? And just, Father, um, these times now, we have, as we look in your word and as we think through what your Holy Spirit would have to say to us, thank you for your presence here and um, bless now these moments and give me the right things to say by your power in Jesus' name, amen. So I was, I was thinking about um, flying this week, you know, flying on, a, on, a, on an air, airplane. I'm not a particularly good passenger, you know, and, and, I, and I've admitted before, you know, air sickness is something that's just kind of plaguing me the older I get, you know. And 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 sometimes always worry about, oh, my gosh, you know. And they call those little things in the seat in front of you what kind of a bags? You know what they call them? They call them comfort bags. And if you ever have to use a comfort bag, you know there is no comfort involved in that kind of a thing, whatsoever and and so I try and get a window seat you know when I'm flying because it helps me you know and and even though everyone has reserved seats whenever they call your your group number you always try and get where to the front of the line right because it's all about what me you know getting on earlier and 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 we board and you feel like cattle you know as you're getting on and the thing and 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 the question you worry about is oh is there going to be enough room for what my carry-on to put it uh, uh, up there and you know, will the person that's sitting next to me be a weirdo? You know, because it's all about what? You know, it's all about me at that point in time. And so I, I, I fly down, and, and you know, I, my, my extended family's in Southern California, and so I'll, I'll fly down there once in a while. And, 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 and one of the things I do, because it, it's all about me, I get a window seat, you know, it's all about me. And as, and as, as, I, as I look at as I'm flying down there, I've been up the route f- enough times in car and, and, and all of that. I try and pinpoint where we're at. Did you ever do that when you're flying? I try and figure out wh- where we're at. You know, but the, look, there's the San Luis Reservoir. You know, as we're flying down there. Oh, we're now entering the Central Valley, and like, <laughs> there's Bakersfield right there. You know, it's right, it's, <laughs> it's right there. And and as you're flying at 30,000 feet or whatever you're at, you know, you you know, you can see the small towns. I mean, you can see the whole town. That's a little town. You know, right right way down there, and. And, and, and you can sometimes see little fenced off areas, little square areas where people live. And that's their property. And in the corner of the property, there'll be, you know, you can see like a little house and, and some, some trees right there. Sometimes, you know, you can see a school bus that's just, you know, slowly moving its, its way through. And, 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 I've, and I've told you this. I, I always think as, as I'm flying, because it's always reflective time, who are these people? You know, who are these people? you know down there in that little corner or in that little town or on that school bus there are entire lives being lived out that i don't i don't know about and every single person that's living there or driving there or, or or going there they have a story they have a life of ups and downs and heartbreaks and joys they have hobbies they have things they love to do things they don't like to do school subjects that they thrive at things that they'd <laughs> rather not be doing Um, Each of them have hopes and dreams. That little house, they're working to make their lives better. I mean, they have a story. And when you're 30,000 feet in the air looking out at this, you know, big valley or big area, all of a sudden it's no longer so much about how important you are. You find yourself just thinking, I'm just one little person, one little speck in this big world. It's a pretty big world out there, you know. Yeah, you know it? And and we so often get so focused on me and and mine. Now, the purpose of your life is is pretty clear. Okay, Jesus gave this purpose, and Scripture says it again and again. It's to make lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. That's purpose. I mean, that that that's it. You know, what's your main goal in life? Well, it must make lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. It's 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 not hard for us to understand that purpose. Jesus said that. That's why I exist, is to make lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples. That's a lifelong follower. Go and make disciples of of all the nations, and there it is. And, And it's an intentional life that we would have of doing the most important thing in the world. The most important thing in the world you could ever do is to make a lifelong follower of Christ. The most important thing. Um, any of you know what karma is, you know, the term karma, you know, you know what karma is? Um, karma is a religious view, and people will say, I'm into karma, you know, this is on the left coast, everyone's into karma here. Karma is a religious view that what you have in this life is based on what you did when? In your past life, in your past life, you know, it's kind of an endless circle of, of coming and going and, and all that. What you have in this life is based on what you did in your past life, and what you get in your next life is going to be based on what you do when? In this life. Okay, so if you have a good life now, then then you had a, a fairly good life back then. You lived a really good life. If you have a really bad life now, it's because something that in your past life that you did that's coming back at you. It's just called what karma. You know, this is this is is karma. And if you dwell in this life, you become back a good good person. Problems, bad 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 karma. And you know, and and again, how you live your life now, and that's why people work so hard to you know live a good life. Because if you don't, you come back as. A, you know, a bad person or a worse condition or a gopher or whatever, you know, in my yard or something like that that I will try and kill. You know, I will try and kill you if you are and, and so it's bad karma. So 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 you come back as those kinds of things. Do you know what the symbol for karma is? Anyone know what the symbol for karma is? The symbol for karma is an endless knot. That's what it is. It's an endless knot. That's what it's an endless knot. And and too many people believe that there are lives are trapped up in this thing called karma. that is it's just simply a series of endless knots. And you're going to be going around and around and around in a whole bunch of series of tangled up stuff. And that's why we sometimes think, wow, I would love to not be trapped in karma, a series of endless knots. Look at this. I mentioned this last week. The Bible says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And all of a sudden, when I read that, all the knots just become untangled, don't they? There is no condemnation. That means I'm not stuck in these knots that are going around and around and around and all tangled up. It means when the end of this thing is over, I stand before God in Christ. There is now no condemnation for that, none. The knots are gone. There's no, there's no knots at all and the message of grace comes through Jesus and its freedom from guilt and a life of of freedom and all of that no no more knots and and so what happened a long, a long time ago is that some people came here to the coast side and said you know our, our goal is to make lifelong followers of Jesus Christ and and so they said there's really not a lot of churches here on this happening bay that that are doing that and and can do that and so a church was planted And because the first pastor didn't get seasick or air sick, and he liked boats, it was called Mariner's Church, okay? It happened a long, long time ago. And it was running about 40 people, and I came here a few years after that, and I was pastor for three months, and the church of 40 was now running about 25, okay? And so um, (laughs) it was the whole thing, and my wife was panicky, and I was too, and and we rented a space in the community center, and God began to grow it and reach more people for Christ, and... Um, some of you are, are part of that. And we outgrew the community center and rented another place in Shoreline Station, outgrew that. And so um, by God's hand, we were able to purchase this, this place, I don't know, four or five years ago. And, and we've always said, and, and I always, always believe this, that church is not a building. It's just not a building. It's not. A building is nothing more than a tool, isn't it? I mean, that's all. It, it's just a tool. And like all tools, tools should be used. And so I say, let's use this place. Let's wear this place out, you know, with stuff going on here as much as we can. And so we really want to wear out this tool. I want us to outgrow this tool, you know. And we cram kids into this place and, and, and cram people into the lobby, and we've hit growth plateaus because of the size of the building. Now, that's a good thing, you know, but it's still a thing that has to be addressed and we have to talk about it. I mean, that's just... Oh we do. And and, and and so so some great people got together and, and just, I talked with them and I said, we kind of really need a whole new wave to to be able to do ministry better. And that means just a little bit bigger footprint for for this this building or wherever God would have us. You know, if God lands something else, you know, out there, you know, we'll switch to that. Because we want to make as many lifelong followers of Christ on the coast as possible. That's that's what he's called us to do. That's why we're here. As many as possible, and sometimes to do that you need better tools or bigger tools or, or whatever else and and building anything's really expensive, and we wrestle with that, we really, really do, and you know you struggle with that it's like, well why are they asking to give to this new way thing well it's because we just need the tool to, to do the things that god's given us better. we all all need that and and, and, and I thought I thought, well what if you know because these kinds of sometimes this, sometimes you think of you know as i 'm praying about this stuff, I said, what if what if we as a church?" What if we mess up? What if we kind of get sidetracked and begin to start thinking that it is really all about a building or really all about us, you know, getting bigger stuff or better stuff? Because we in our human nature, it's really easy for it to become all about us, isn't it? I mean, it just, it just kind of slips up. What if we say, hey, okay, now that we have raised money for a, a building, um, let's get more cushy chairs, you know? Heck, we've got money, Let's raise money for that. Or let's get thicker carpet or nicer windows. You know, what if we begin to start, I don't know, just simply doing these improvements that really don't do a whole lot for the community but do it for us? And it's like I started getting not scared about that, but obviously it's something that I thought I never want us to be, that kind of a place. I just don't want us to be that kind of a place. And so, so I said, let's build into this new wave project that we're doing, new wave you know, project. And every building project we do from here on out, some sort of uh, it's not about us thing, getting our eyes off ourself thing. Let's build into it. Let's just kind of shove something into it so it's not about us. And, and, and put into it so that we will always be reminded, hey, there is more to this than just simply us right here. And so I, I said and, and, and I remember when I mentioned it to the, to the kind of the, the, the building team, I said, what we're going to do is we're going to take 10 percent of everything you receive from new wave and we're going to give it away. We're just going to give it away. Ten percent of everything that comes in, we're going to give it away to a ministry somewhere else and And we rolled it out and um, people said, "Huh? <laughs> what? You know what?" And the number one question we get is, why would we do that? And at first, it doesn't make sense. But giving away sacrificially never makes sense, you know, when you think about it. We would like to raise $2 million for this new wave thing, if, you know, if God wills. That's, that's great. 10% of that is 200000 Can you imagine what $200,000 would do for a ministry someplace else? All of a sudden, we just simply say, here. God bless you, you know, God bless you for that. In fact, there's some little ministry that we haven't even discovered yet. Right now, they're praying for help and they're praying for resources. They're praying for help and they're praying for resources. And we are right now praying where God would have us give. And at some point in time in the future, God is going to align those two things up. And we're going to say, we have been praying for you. And they're going to be saying, we've been praying for you too. And it is so that we can remind it all, be reminded in a real way and tangible way that God is doing things all over the world, and we have a part in that. Um, now, what we're doing is not new. Um, the early church did this all the time. The money that they raised in their own church family, they would take a portion of it, and they would give, they would give it away um, because they realized this ministry of making lifelong followers of Christ doesn't just happen in one spot. It happens all over the place. The Bible says this, God will give generously, God will generously provide all you need, then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, the context of this is 2 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians is talking about giving to the church, believe it or not, in Jerusalem. You know, why would a church in Corinth give to another ministry? Well, it's because they were having challenges and they were having struggles. But he's talking about now the kind of the whole principle and, and theology, if you want, of ministry, of giving. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So God's saying, look, I want you to give. So therefore, I'm going to give to you so that you're able to give more. And the more you give, the more I'm going to give because I want you to give. And it becomes this wonderful circle. He says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And there there it is. Now, us then will be $200,000 short. But their needs will be met, and they will give thanks to God. And it's interesting that the Apostle Paul doesn't say anything more about, now, by the way, that 10% you're going to give to them or whatever else, God is going to more than make it up and double that. He doesn't say that. He just simply says they're going to be helped and they're going to give thanks to God. That's enough. And that's good. The Bible says enough about giving to others. It says, Please stand up for the poor, help the children of the needy, come down hard on the cruel tyrants. It says, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Leviticus says, Don't go over your vineyard a second time, pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. Very interesting that you will go with less, but others will get more. And then it says, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything that you do. Now, the number two question I get in this whole kind of the 20, this new wave thing, and when I, when I talk about um, this in some village or valley somewhere, is, well, why not, why not use that 10% here? Why not give here? I mean, there's enough needs here. Why not give here? And, and that's a good question. It's a, it's a great question. There's a funny thing about us as, as humans, you know. We kind of always tend to narrow our options down to kind of either or options, you know. We like to say, would you rather do this or th- that, you know. Would you rather do this or would you rather do that? Would you rather go to in and out or REI? And, of course, the answer is what? Both. both. Right. There you go. Both. <laughs> why not Why not do Both. Jesus said this, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Now, notice the ands in the verse. Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and parts of the earth. Not an or, an and. Well, should we go to Jerusalem or Judea? What Jesus would say is both. Well, should we go to Judea or Samaria? Jesus would say what? Both. Should we stay in Jerusalem or go to the ends of the earth? Jesus would say, you do both. It's always an and. Now the four places, and and this would be for us, and it's called the Great Commission and and it touches our lives. Jerusalem is your personal world, people you know and touch. You have a Jerusalem. You have a Judea, and that widens it a bit, and that would be your local world. All of us are called to be Jesus' representatives in our local world. Samaria, Samaria, people that lived close by, but they were culturally different. The Samaritans were, and 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 that would be people who live maybe close to you, or, or 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 they speak a different language, or have a different heritage. Just be cross-cultural. We're called to make committed followers of those cross-cultural, and then remotest parts of the earth. That would be, of course, global, everywhere, you know, all all all, all over the place. And each one of us has a responsibility to our personal world, and our local world, and our global <coughs> community. So so you know, you ask the question: Is it more important to feed the hungry in Half Moon Bay? Or somewhere else? The answer is yes. Both are important. It's not an or. It's it's an and. Is it more important to be friends with the lonely in a poor village somewhere else or the lonely and bullied kid at Halfman Bay High? The answer is yes. Yes. Well, which one is it? Well, it's, it's both of them. It's all of them. Is it more important to share Christ with people on the coast side or in a poor village somewhere else? The answer is yes. see is yes. We try and do this or that, and it's never this or that. It's both and. Do you know what $200,000 can do for a ministry or for a hospital or something like that or for a water project? And people say, well, why not here? We do do things here. We do practice the and. There's a quiet little ministry that's called Helping Hands, and Helping Hands actually takes 10% of everything we give in the buckets on the weekends, And we pull that aside and say, okay, this is now for meeting the needs of the people here. And 90% of that goes towards meeting needs of people here in Half Moon Bay on the coast side. People that are struggling, people that have lost loved ones and they can't find the the resource to bury them or even get back to travel back to find out where they are or just they're going to lose their house if we don't help them out or they can't pay their bills. 90% of that money. So we're we're talking about, gosh, I think we gave about $100,000 away that stayed local. So we do do that as well. Well, what are we going to do with it? Well, we're putting together a team um, of people, and we'd like you to be part of it, to consider goals and values, to research and to pray, to say, God, use us. Use us in a way to help discover that place that's praying for us right now. Um, And we would love to have a lifelong spiritual partnership with some place. If that can happen, that would be terrific. Um, if you'd like to be part of that team, let us know. Write on your communication card. Connect with me about the giving team or New Wave Ten Percent team or, 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 or something. Just let us know. Now, 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 what's a challenge for this is we are, you know, in America, and the developing world looks to us in a different way, and. I think the worst thing we could do is just simply to say, hey, we're going to take $200,000 and we're going to go build a church somewhere. And and they're going to put a plaque on the wall that says, our thanks to Mariner's Church for their gift. I would hate that. Or I would hate the fact that if we gave that kind of money and we all got a chance to go down and visit them, that we would see that and think somehow that we are more special than anybody else. I would hate that. That would ruin us. Do you understand? That would destroy us, you know? And I don't want people to all of a sudden treat us as we're special or we're the big givers in the world. So that's why I would love to start, if we could, a reciprocal relationship that they can begin to give to us as much as we're giving to them. You know what I'm saying? Because God has gifted them with the Holy Spirit of spiritual gifts just as much as anybody else they would be able to come here and help us in ministry as well to be able to do that way. And so right now, mark on your card if God's calling you for that. I just want us to get our eyes off ourselves because Jesus did. And all who existed in the form of God didn't regard equality as God, with God as something to be grasped, humbled himself, emptied himself, took the form of a bond servant, and met our needs. Tell you a story. It's an old story, and since pastors tell it all over the nation, it's probably not true, okay? <laughs> but I've heard it and I've told it, and you're going to hear it again. But the end line is really good, and it works with this, okay? And it stuck with me all the years, first time I heard it. Young young guy was buzzing down a, a big city in his brand new Porsche. He felt cool and awesome, and even though it wasn't a minivan, which would have been cooler and more awesome, it was fun for him to drive. And he pulled to a stop sign. Um, um, next to a bunch of inner-city apartments, you know, kind of in the, you know, the low-income area. And, and, and a kid was sitting on, on his steps out front, and he, he was just looking at the new car, and, and, the, and the guy could hear the kid say, wow, you know. So the guy pulled over his car, and he let the kid look at it. He's a guy, okay, I mean, that's what guys do, you know. And kid kind of oohed and awed, and, and the guy said, nice, huh? He said, yeah, my older brother just bought it for me. You know, familiar with the story. And the kid said, you know, your brother bought it for you. You know, whoa, and was really impressed. And the guy said, yeah, my brother did. And and the kid said, I wish. And in the moment he said, I wish, the the guy was thinking, I bet this kid is going to say, man, I wish I was you. Or I wish I could have that kind of a brother. But instead the kid said this, I wish I could be that kind of a brother. Now understand God has placed it our our opportunity to be that kind of a brother. You, know, you follow that? To be able to say, We're gonna give of our resources. And I would not want to have us miss an opportunity. Remember up when you were growing up, you'd come home maybe in late afternoon and you'd want to grab something to eat, and the mom your mom would hear the refrigerator or the cupboards opening, and, and she would say, Don't eat anything, you're gonna what? Spoil your dinner. Remember that? Spoil your dinner. Don't eat. You're going to spoil your dinner. You know, and I remember one time eating a banana. My mom said, you're going to spoil your dinner. I'm saying, what are you having for dinner? And she said, pizza. You know, it's like, (laughs) I'm eating a banana. Anyway, what she's basically saying is, deny yourself of this lesser thing for a greater thing. You know, deny yourself of a lesser thing for a greater thing. And living for Christ, you know, when you read the Bible, Jesus would say it a number of times. In fact, all the gospel writers picked it up. All the disciples picked it up. You know, if anyone come after me, let him, what's the term? Deny yourself, deny yourself, deny yourself. And we think, oh, my gosh, i got to die myself. And it sounds, you know, denying yourself, it sounds as exciting as dried oatmeal, you know. But when you give or when you serve or when you help, you are only giving up what robs you of life in order to gain a better life. You know what I'm saying? You're only giving up what robs you of a lesser life to gain a better life whenever you you give. I, I think Christianity, living for Christ truly, is not a matter of giving up those things which you would love the most. It's giving up those things which would ruin your life in order to gain that which will give you a full life better life all the time. It's so funny that, you know, the um, the worldwide stage is now on Windsor, you know, and the royal wedding, it's a big deal, you know, that's going on here, uh, all that. And, and, and this morning, I, I, I looked at the people and, you know, if they got up at four in the morning, forget it, you know, but a lot of times, you know, the first reruns were taking place this morning and you could watch and see. Megan's dress, or Harry's hat, or whatever the heck you wanted to look at at that point in time. But I looked at 130 people and said, "Man, you know, was it Megan or Water? Megan or Water? They chose the better. They gave up that which would be a lesser life in order to get a better life. Walking for other people, giving what others would want. And I, 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 uh, I want us." To always say as a church, boy, I want to be that kind of a what? That kind of a brother. That's the kind I want to be like that. Let's be that kind of a brother in everything. Again, the words of Jesus, and and we're going to pray after this. He said, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. Would you pray with me, please? Um, Thank you, our Savior, that in your mission in the world, you um, gave up your glory. You voluntarily said, here am I. I will take sins of the world upon myself in order that many, many, many may live we who have received grace and we who have received that forgiveness and know that sense of joy, know deep in our hearts because your Holy Spirit put it there that giving is the way to find that because in that way we are like you, Jesus. And Father, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for the people here. I know how much you love them. I love them. And I thank you for the sacrifices that they're making for you. But it's not really a sacrifice because in it we find purpose. And we find joy in it, and so thank you for that. God, I, I pray right now for the place that you would have us give. Right now they're praying for people maybe like us. Allow us and use us to bless them. God, take it beyond, well, not just beyond this church, but into our hearts and our lives. Always have our eyes focused on others, off of ourselves, on you, on others. How we can deny the worst part of ourselves so that we can find real life in what you give us. And I thank you so much in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks, you guys, so much for coming. Um, I hope you uh, have a great rest of the evening, a great rest of the weekend, and... um, Come back tomorrow if you want. You know, it's going to be a rerun, but bring a friend. You need to hear that. Or bring a friend next weekend as we're going to be uh, moving a new stuff. Let's stand together. We're going to finish with a final song. God bless you guys. Love you. We will talk to you soon.